And welcome back to another episode of Toast and Roast. I am your co-host Jeff, and I'm here with my co-host Georgie, as usual. Hello. How's it going, Georgie? It's going right. A bit tired today, but I'm sure we'll we'll have something to roast today, right? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we're gonna dive, I guess, into this article that you shared with me. Um, so. You've read this article, and I haven't read this article, so this is going to be a live kind of reaction from me. To, to be um, fair, I, I don't think I... I may have skimmed it to some extent, because I may have had some opinions about it as I was reading, but I also formed a stronger opinion by the end, I think. Uh, so, okay. yeah, let's... Let, okay. We'll, we'll go into a, a deep dive, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the article is called More is More, The End of Minimalism. And this triggered Georgie, so we're going to have to talk about it. Um, (laughs) Marie Kondo's decluttering dominance is over. Make way for maximalism. Where the more stuff, the merrier. That's a very... um, What do you say? Uh, Yeah, it's a triggering statement. It's a big claim. So uh, last January, shortly before the WHO declared COVID-19 a pandemic, Sotheby's in New York put together what was supposed to be the modest auction of a dead interior decorator's things. That's kind of weird, but okay. (laughs) Mario Buata rose up in the 1980s as the Prince of Chintz, whatever that means. Blah, 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 in a manically floral overstuffed country house, blah, blah, blah. Okay, this guy has some furniture that people want to sell. Pretty much. (laughs) Next up, they had an auction for it. Excellent. And interesting, an imperfect porcelain terrine shaped like a bunch of asparagus estimated at between $2,000 to $3,000 went for $25,000. You know... This kind of stuff, it, it kind of like... Goes over your head. On a different tangent about, you know, the art world and how people perceive art as this thing to simply collect because they can brag about how much they spent on it. Mm-hmm. And um, my friend's wife, uh, she does um, a lot of art pieces and, um, and yeah, deals with this kind of stuff where you know, posers come into the gallery and they just want to wank off by, pay, by purchasing art for ridiculous amounts of money. Right. Um, this is what it reminds me of. This is ridiculous. So what that reminds me of is actually, like, it's saying it's estimated between 2000 and $3,000, but it went for a lot more than that, uh, which reminds me of, um, I think we might have mentioned this in a previous episode, about the, the, the cost of something is very different to the value that someone gives it so obviously whoever purchased this thing imperfect porcelain terrine i don't even know what terrine is by the way yeah let's have a look at the <laughs> so this person terrine. was willing to spend twenty five thousand oh. dollars oh is that a teapot okay it's, it's like a teapot yeah okay so they wanted they, they were fine with spending twenty five thousand dollars on on this teapot and for whatever reason that was, like, I'm not going to judge them, right? Um, they were obviously fine to spend that much money. They thought it was worth a lot of money. 
what they were gonna do with it, I have no idea. Um, but yeah. I mean, you can say the same thing about many other just normal item, normal knickknacks or everyday items, right? Someone might think that something is worth a lot of money, but someone else might not think so. And I mean, I would not buy a tea. Okay, so I like tea. Let's <laughs> just assume it's a teapot. <laughs> So I like tea. Yeah, it right? looks kind of like a teapot, <laughs> but also not. Like it's like a little um, receptacle. With, it's just stuff. a container with a lid on it. Maybe some have spouts. <laughs> maybe some don't. Look at this. Look at this ceramic bunch. Maybe that's what it actually. <laughs> okay, yeah, I get what you mean. We shouldn't judge people for what they value. Yeah. For, for like something that's valued at three thousand. Yeah. But let's just say. Probably yeah, let's just say it's like a teapot, because like, to me it looks like a teapot. Like, I like tea, um, but the most I've spent on a teapot is probably, like, 50 to $70. And, like, yeah, I, yeah, I was into, uh, I think I bought it from Muji, even. It was, like, a nice glass teapot with, like, a, the strainer was just made of plastic, but um, because it was made of plastic, tea leaves didn't so much get stuck in it as compared to, like, oh. stainless steel ones. But, yeah, I mean, like, I think this just depends on who is purchasing the item. The, the value is clearly going to depend on the person. Yeah. So, yeah, people have... <laughs> people can spend what they, what they want. Um, but I think it's kind of like, you know, it goes back to the whole minimalist finance financial aspect where it's a fun-to-cost fun to ratio. I'm sure you can have just as much fun with a porcelain terrine shaped like a bunch of asparagus that cost three thousand dollars versus twenty five thousand dollars yeah so um but i mean their claim here is like so much for minimalism uh donald trump's ex-sister-in-law why are they asking why are they asking blaine <laughs> trump i didn't even know who oh, blaine trump she was, was. there <laughs> <That's> was it. <laughs> but i read that and i was like I read Blaine Trump and I just immediately assumed this person, before continuing reading, uh, that this person must be related to Donald Trump. And then I read Donald Trump's ex-sister-in-law and I'm like, that's all cool and stuff. And then like my mind like tangentially was like, why don't they, like, why does it matter that she's Donald Trump's ex-sister-in-law? Yeah. Why can't we just say that some, some person... <laughs> Does being Donald Trump's ex-sister-in-law give her any more credibility to the statement of well, so much what this reminds me of is how, like, sometimes women, in when they're mentioned in news articles, they get mentioned as, like, the their husband's wife. You know what I mean? So someone might say, uh, for yeah. example, Jeffrey Chong's wife, blah, 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 instead of just saying her bloody name. By the way, Jeff's not married. That was just an example. <laughs> <laughs> yes not married um the yeah that's really interesting as well i saw an article today that was posted to me about how um the husband of a well-known um sydney uh pole dancer like influencer was done in by the australian federal police or whatever for drug trafficking and i was just like what relevance is the fact that his wife is a well-renowned pole dancer <laughs> in Sydney to the fact that he is the one being, in, being yeah. pulled away for drug trafficking, right? Yeah. 
And it's all about, I think, I think for that respect, perspective, it's more about clickbaiting. Like, ooh, pole dancing. That's yeah. exciting. Or maybe some but people wait, know the it's woman. not about the pole dancer. <laughs> it's about her husband. Yeah, precisely. Um, but maybe it's also just an excuse to be able to talk about ordinary, non-famous people by referring to their famous, like, friends, family, etc. <laughs> yeah. I better like not make any friends with any famous people because then it'll be like blah blah's friend. If you get famous, yeah. Jeff, it'll be like Jeffrey Chong's co-host podcast co-host. Yeah, all the controversies <laughs> that come up, <laughs> Georgie. She's been at her job for over ten years. How scandalous of Jeffrey Chong's less famous co-host friend, Georgie? Is she? Riding on the coattails of his fame on his podcast. <laughs> you, know, um. you know what's sad is that's, that's precisely the kind of shit that they write about. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's never changed jobs. She's just happy earning the same way. How dare she? She must just be benefiting from Jeffrey Chong's podcast, <laughs> Toast Is there going to be a fallout? Will it just be toast? No more roast? <laughs> There's, there's gonna be a thing at the end of the article that says, "Oh, we can't wait for like this news article be roasted on the on the podcast." <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like we'll have to avoid talking about those um, articles purely because they don't want to bring attention to them in the podcast. <laughs> God, the dishwasher in the back is really loud. Actually, I think my microphone is picking it up. Oh yeah, by the way, last week um you had, I think I could actually hear birds from your side like, in the <laughs> microphone so i don't know if the really? yeah i don't know if it got recorded but yeah um, actually i don't anyways. know the birds are pretty loud here and the door is shut so i don't know if you're gonna hear them here anyway oh my door is open hopefully there's no birds around um well, it'll yeah, be like organic it'll be like going for a walk kind of shit <laughs> it's true we're real people living yeah. at home Oh, actually, birds. you know what that reminds me of? You know the Apple Fitness that I have? Um, they have a time to walk thing. And it's actually, like, famous people going for a walk and they're just telling you, like, inspirational stories from their life and stuff. And the thing I actually like about it because you're supposed to listen to them while you walk. So it feels really organic. And then sometimes they even pass people they know. And they're like, oh, hey, hey. You can hear oh, them having fun. a conversation with the person. So it kind of feels like they're walking with you. So I don't know. I wouldn't worry too much about fucking bird noise. <laughs> Maybe we'll just record one outside for fun. I don't know. We'll figure it maybe, out. Maybe. Maybe. Like we're in the park. Yeah, in the um, park, having a chat. Having a chat. That's not a bad idea, okay. actually. Uh, where were we? Right. We're, we're like... Yeah. Plain Tron. Uh, yeah, for the record, I never want to become famous. I don't understand um, the appeal uh, for, for me, I guess. The, yeah, appeal of becoming famous. Get the too much attention... Um, I think I was talking about this with uh, friends, I think. I can't remember who I was talking about this with. But in any case, um, oh, that's right, my coworkers. Anyway, it's not important. But you might have been talking to me about <laughs> you it. You want to be... Because you, I think you, you might have talked to me about it. Because I think when we started this podcast, you were hoping that we wouldn't become famous. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, so the, the other too. factor is, like, when you um, you want to stay kind of like the million to the 10 millionaire, because once you get to 100 million, that's when shit gets really weird. Like, when you become a 100 millionaire. 
Yeah, I also and we were talking. We we're talking about how no, we should never get to hundred billionaire or billion because you just become a psycho, <laughs> or sociopath like Elon Musk. Oh dear, but I I think that like yeah, as you get more famous and have more visibility in the media and in public, there's a bit of a responsibility these days in work ass twenty twenty one, for you yeah, to use true. your platform or your voice to. Create change and not just be like, "Hey, yeah, I'm, do I'm good." Here. Yeah, um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, um, but but there is a lot of pressure and expectation from many people in the world who know you for you to be doing that. Um, so yeah, and yeah. it's kind of like court, like goes back to corporate responsibility as well, right? Like people are canceling the whole brands, like just because they they didn't do something that like what culture agreed with, and yeah. If you want to stay famous, that's just it. You have to kind of um, not placate, but placate <laughs> to <laughs> to the uh, to the masses all the time, and it's a uh, it's a little suffocating. Can't just eat whatever you want to eat. Yeah. Can't just uh, walk around with the water bottle that you want to walk around with. Because um, people judge what like what you buy yeah. and what you purchase. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we were talking about how like you know when you become a million or a ten millionaire, then you like you start going you know maybe you start flying first class right like really small things. Start you call that to, small? Yeah, it's really small. Like that's what I would do to be honest. Like became a millionaire, then I would just start. I'll start doing stuff like going first class. But then you like meet other first class people, right? Yeah. And you meet other people in the lounges, and then. And then you start, you know, getting more famous friends. You start hanging out with more famous people, and then just I think that's just like all downhill from there. Do you think famous and rich people have like a like almost like some competition? Like you know, because of the of the amount of money they have or the amount of fame they have, they're like, oh, look at me! I've got like I don't know a million likes on Instagram. And it's like you only got. I wonder if that's the kind of conversation they, they probably don't bother with that stuff. Unless you're like in a house full of influencers, <laughs> like you're like worried about how many likes they have. But like, uh, let's say I'm in a in a, pro- I probably wouldn't be in first class with uh, Elon Musk or anything. But that's that's like that's the to the ceiling, right? When you're one to ten millionaire, when you get the hundreds and billions, you start getting your own jets, you start going to space, you start fighting over who's mm. gonna go to space first. Yeah. <laughs> like that shit's just crazy. Um, anyways, back to this article. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, I don't know how Blaine Trump as an attendee is uh, is credible enough to talk about minimalism. <laughs> <laughs> but already, like, without reading further on, just because someone chose to spend twenty five thousand dollars on this terrine, um, feverish bidding wars, <laughs> Venetian grottos, like that doesn't mean it's the death of minimalism so far. People are just buying expensive stuff. Yeah. People do that all the time. But the thing about the Boata stampede was that nobody really knew where all these mystery bidders were coming from. Some were minor style bloggers, many were surprisingly under 50. Still, everyone at the auction seemed to feel the same thing, like a lid had been lifted. This is very sensationalist. Clearly, there's a lot of people fed up with the monochromatic <laughs> interiors. Okay. Uh, and are excited about Mario's maximalist style. 
All right, I think I got it. I think I got it. This is we're two paragraphs in, but I think yep. I've got it. They have mixed up yeah. minimalism as a style with maximalism as a style, and they're talking about it in a way that is yeah more about style, but they on, they only just say minimalism. Which is the triggering part, and they also say Marie yep. Kondo's decluttering dominance is over. So yeah, they've totally mm-hmm. mixed minimalism as a style and as a, as a lifestyle. Totally. Yeah. You are on point, and that is pretty much that was pretty much my actual stance on the entire article. As I kept reading through it, and this is why I said I kind of skimmed it, <laughs> was because yeah, they were mixing the two, and you know, as as we've talked about before. Uh, minimalism as a lifestyle doesn't mean to like strip yourself of all personality and the things that you love and enjoy even if they are a bloody asparagus styled terrine thing right and yeah this is yeah like yeah man um i also saw um a picture posted by the bbc um i think it's on twitter somewhere but they posted a picture of a rock climber, uh, BBC rock climber, and in the background they had like a big robot. Yeah, they said, "Oh, look at the Transformers in the background," but actually, it was a Gundam. And <laughs> like, yeah, here you go. This is this, this picture. Just when you thought oh speed God. climbing was frightening enough, you now need to impress a Transformer too. But actually, in the background is a Gundam, and. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the distinction is quite niche, to be fair. Not many people would know the difference, but... So wait, wait, for people who uh, don't, right, yeah, don't know what a Gundam is. is, actually I think around the same time as Transformers. But a Gundam is basically a big robot suit that a person goes inside of and controls and fights. It's like Iron Man on a hundred times scale. But a Transformer is a <laughs> sentient mechanical like alien that can transform between two different uh two different forms so yeah they got like there's a bit of outrage uh, over the fact that bbc called it a transformer not a gundam um but that just goes to show like this is just (laughs) how the um internet works these days yeah the news and media media. they were so concerned Mm -hmm. about making this really really quippy tweet um they, they didn't research it, so I'm not surprised that a entire article about minimalism is not actually about minimalism. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <man. laughs> it, gives, it gives it obviously a bad rap. August 4th, yeah, just three days ago. But... This was recent, right? Yeah. <laughs> how, how did you come across the article, though? That's a really good question. I don't even remember. I'm trying, it must have been on like, on Twitter or something. Like, I don't think it would have been on Instagram. And it might have actually been a sponsored tweet, not mm. something that, not something that, like, someone Back I follow like, tweeted. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it didn't give me the best of impressions because, you know, as we talked about, like, just because a style is really minimalistic in colour, in form, like, when it comes to home decor and shit, because the article even, I, I, I sense that we're probably not going to go through the whole thing because now we've got the gist of it. Um, or at least I have the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, you got the gist of um, it. Yeah, <laughs> at least I've, de- I've definitely actually quote-unquote read it. Um, yeah, it, 
I forgot my point. <laughs> but yeah, Actually, to conflate the lifestyle, like just because, yeah, as like you were saying, uh, lifestyle with the minimalist style, which is like completely wrong because like if you just, I mean, if they did their research, <laughs> like you implied, and just took, I don't know, five minutes to read up on what minimalism actually is in terms of lifestyle, uh, then they'd understand that it's not about like stripping yourself of all personality and only wearing black, even though that's what you choose to do, Jeff. That's, I mean, because that's your style as well. Um, but then they've gone out and written this article and written about Marie Kondo, which as we've also established, she's not really like about minimalism. She's about keeping tidy, being clean, like, yeah. Oh yeah. Let's talk about maximalism. Yeah. The maximalism stuff. Um, but I, I mean, Marie Kondo also big, big headliner, I think to catch a lot of, um, readers because people know, yeah. um, know them. Oh man. So actually this whole article, it has a bunch of, I even see like now divorced from Kanye Kim, who kept the property is said to be redecorating mm-hmm. the home using the extra space as a warehouse for all her stuff. Like, they're just pulling in all of these um, celebrity famous names, people. famous people to, to like, I don't know, uh, not solidify, but legitimize their, their point. And yeah, as we all know, just because they're rich and famous doesn't mean they're doing the right thing. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, what was the really big scandal in Australia when um, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard brought their dog into mm-hmm. Australia illegally and they made the weird-ass apology video? Like, I mean, celebrities are not the greatest role models sometimes. No. Um, and like we said, the richer you get, the weirder you get. Um, so... <laughs> So, yeah, I wanted to touch on maximalism as a, as a style, right? Because I'm into, like, fashion and style. Oh, yeah. And, like, I, that's the way I kind of see it. Like, if, if you look up maximalist, like, clothing, right, you see people who wear pretty avant-garde stuff, mixing prints, mixing colours. They're wearing a lot of accessories, and that is, like, effectively their statement right yeah and like i don't i don't know anybody who's super like this or has this kind of style i know someone um her name's carly findlay and she likes to wear a lot of color in all of her outfits and you know she she feels awesome in that and that's her personal style is like characterized by lots and lots of different color like every color of the rainbow but you know i wouldn't go as far to say as just because that's what her style is like in terms of what clothes she chooses to wear that her house is the same so this article kind of it talks about interior uh, you know interior decor it talks about it mentions ikea being all minimalist and everything like that but you know just because your house is i mean yeah just because your style is like a certain way does not mean it's exactly the same in you know the way you choose to live at home and similarly, like, just because I'm a minimalist doesn't mean that my wardrobe is, is like that. 
And like, I like to express myself with lots of color, lots of bit of like decoration in my outfits. But, you know, generally at home, I like to keep things pretty clean, like pretty neutral in color. Yeah, I think uh, it's definitely a bit of a travesty, like crossing the two things, because like you said, your house, even if you max, if you even if you do maximalism style in your house, you could have very few things like just because mm-hmm. it's colorful yeah. doesn't mean that it's uh it's technically you've got all this this stuff you've technically got lots of stuff um but yeah looking through some photos of maximalism uh furniture and maximalist clothing yeah um i'm sure you know uh the only reference i have to maximalist um clothing is like harajuku style in in japan right they're like mm-hmm. pretty um out of the ordinary i don't think harajuku is actually that crazy out of the ordinary um but in japan it's it's kind of um seen as it very against, extreme more... yeah because the most of the people are wearing yeah uniqlo and muji clothing where it's all like neutral colors <laughs> so yeah. anyone yeah anyone with a red sweater it's kind of like a maximalist to them <laughs> aka you hey, i have a lot of red in my wardrobe <laughs> <laughs> you belong uh, you belong in harajuku um <laughs> But yeah, but that's the, that's the thing as well, right? It's, it it differs from like wherever wherever you are. Like so, in somewhere, like a red sweater would be like, holy shit, she's not a minimalist. <laughs> like whereas, in uh, like somewhere I else, like amongst Alaska. these, <laughs> yeah. Whereas amongst like I don't know, on the catwalk, you know, even amongst people who are like dressed in this Harajuku style, I'd be the fucking minimalist in a red fucking sweater. Yeah. <laughs> And just, yeah, and then just because, like you said, they're walking around in uh, crazy outfits, their houses are probably super minimal because just by nature of uh, Japanese-style homes, it's not like they have a lot of space for anything, really. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a bit uh, contrived to cross the two um, concepts uh, together and, and then just slap a few uh, famous people who redecorate their houses <laughs> into like this concoction of an article that is, yeah, needless to say, very wide swapping um, statements. I'm going to take a yeah, paragraph I... out of context here. If minimalism was about controlling <laughs> the static and crashing of a world spinning too fast, what kind of sentence is that? <laughs> Minimalism was about controlling the static and crashing static and crack what? Yeah. Of a world spin spinning too fast. Control as in controlling the static of a world spinning too fast and the and maximum and the maximalism a- <laughs> may be more about filling in a void of loneliness and isolation. This Yeah, so that's a big jump, right? Yeah. From something that's pretty stylistic to oh man deep feelings. That's that's great. Like, yeah, that's no, in no which way. Which is you... again about the attachment to your things, your sentimental attachment to your things, which I don't think you can assume. Like, I feel like as a journalist, that's a, oh, that's a very irresponsible thing to assume hugely... that someone has that much attachment to their things and that things represent your personality. And because and then we go back to minimalism, right? Which minimalism precisely says that, like, you are not your things. Yeah. 
right? We are about the people around us, like the the conversations that we have with people. And so even if you did fucking like strip me of all my belongings, like me as a person, I I don't know. It's I although <laughs> like you are about to put minimalism <laughs> as your uh, census religion. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. That was a tweet from like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was a joke it was a joke because like i mean it's a joke because some people have said that minimalism is like a religion or a cult and so that yeah <laughs> yeah no got it <laughs> um so the next sentence is actually even more weird uh, it says the number of people living alone in canada has more than doubled over the last 35 years what in does that both, have to do with it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. In both Canada and US, young people are having less sex than ever. Oh my god, where are they going with this? We have like what is going on? Most millennials and Gen Zers do their dating through the internet and a good part of their social socializing through their phones. All this before COVID nineteen made everyone's life less tactile. How what? <laughs> this whole paragraph makes absolute zero sense. So yeah, I mean, I grew up crazy. on the internet. Like you, you were probably Same. pretty young yeah. when you first like, grew up on the internet. On the internet, yeah. So I just feel like the fact that we we might be dating through the internet and socializing, <clears throat> God forbid, using technology on our phones, it's like it's flabbergasting. I mean, like is flabbergasting a word? Flabbergasted. It's, I it's guess a word you can now. Be, it's a word. You can be, you can flabbergast. It's a verb. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to flabbergast. <laughs> can that be our, like, outro? <laughs> yeah. Stay chilly. Don't forget to flabbergast. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and then it's, so now I was trying to make a point about how the pandemic has affected the way we see ourselves, so to speak. Yeah. I think they're trying trying to draw the line with like we're staying home so much and then even the next uh, paragraphs like we all know that feeling after two hours of online shopping scrolling social media or streaming a work webinar human experiences shorn of humans now that's yeah. also a crazy statement but i think they're trying to draw the but line where it is that we're home and therefore we hoard because but we have we're nothing to else to connect with do. people, right? If, like you and I are like connecting right now because we're talking online. It's almost saying that, like, you know, the the fact that we've moved a lot of these processes to online, like shopping, like Zoom calls, like you know, that you'd normally meet up with your family. It's like they're saying that the that in doing that, it's it's like not it's not no longer human. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but I almost feel like I have connected more with people during this time. Or had better opportunities because and it's like thanks to technology yeah i don't know what the problem is the idea that you have to be in the same physical space as someone just to have human experiences is uh i i guess a very generalistic way of putting it i don't think a lot of people are like us where we've grown up on the internet and we can you know create the human experiences efficiently over the internet so yeah everyone i know uh everyone's you know a bit tentative about the fact that we're all 
sitting in our homes rather than seeing people. But, but yeah, don't get I think... me wrong. It's like I like to see people in Same, real life yeah. as well. It's I mean clearly you you can't replace face to face communication entirely with digital. But I don't I don't know. I don't think that we should be focusing on the fact that two hours of online shopping, scrolling social media, it is human experiences shown of humans. It's like that's but that's literally what we have to do to get through this time and to remain safe, while still showing that we care about each other. So it's, exactly. I don't really get what the point is. Yeah, they're just being dramatic. They're being overly dramatic <laughs> about everything. And trying to, make it, trying to make it timely, I guess, with yeah, what's happening right now. true. They're trying to make it relevant. Ugh, relevant. But also, you could argue that it's probably even manipulative and making you feel sad by reading this article, by going, oh yeah, I haven't seen a human in like so-and-so. Yeah, I was just also thinking about how it, like, inadvertently glorifies the um, face-to-face, like, sitting in front of humans that, in a way that, you know, you now think that, oh, if I don't see the human, then, oh my god, <laughs> it's super bad. <laughs> all I've all I've been doing is is two hours of online shopping, scrolling through social media, and streaming work work webinars. None of that is you know human interaction. Like, I don't yeah. Know. Also, we do weird. like a multitude of things using the internet. Like we don't just do like essential things like work and shop and stuff. Like we go on like FaceTime or Zoom with our families. Like I've been doing Zoom exercise classes. Like yeah. it's not all just like this shallow thing that, you know, replaces what we do in person. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's just all a weird set like idea and um it point it, it may inadvertently point out to people that yeah, like you said, oh, I haven't seen a human. Uh, no, I'm sad now. Um, this <laughs> article is saying that it's a sad thing to to uh, to do all of these things. Um, but okay, so you know the what? one thing that does you can online me, shop though. with your friends. Like, we can yeah. share screens. You can online shop. With I can your try friends. on my clothes, right? And I'd be like, "Hey, Jeff, check out my haul." <laughs> yeah, exactly. You do live haul. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, the one thing I don't like about this article is how it's mentioned, like, something about having less sex, as if that's, like, a fucking bad thing. Like, this I don't even want to go down that no path, sense. but it's just like, oh. <laughs> this, this entire paragraph is zero relevance. Everything from <laughs> minimalism, controlling the static and crashing of a world spinning too fast, to the next sentence that talks about maximalism being about filling a void of loneliness and isolation. You're, making pe- you're shaming people for buying things, <laughs> is what I'm reading here. Oh, yeah, God. or not buying things. Or I not buying things. I feel like you could things. even be shaming people for either side. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to gather from this. Yeah, it's all confusing. It's like you're either, you're either saying that I shouldn't buy things because maximalism is is like a little bad, but also I should buy things. Because I have a void of loneliness and isolation I need to fill <laughs> with God. So read, read the last paragraph. Yeah, here and we go. We'll I, I, am, I am excited about this last paragraph. Um, but I mean, even the next sentence is, it's something like a cold, empty bowl in your gut where the generative stuff would normally take seed. 
So what does that even to, mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're trying to go for a like a writing award of some sort. Um, so perhaps it's no surprise that if one feels like a sexless husk living a disconnected, digitized life, getting a pink velvet settee, Settee can, <laughs> can be just what the decor doctor ordered. All, everything we talked about in this entire podcast was summarized in that one sentence. Going from <laughs> so many extremes in less than 140 characters. Like, well, you still have one more paragraph. <laughs> but... This is madness. All right. And if, in this extravaganza of muchness, you bash your shin on a slipper chair or a shell form perdonium on wheels. What the fuck is a perdonium? I'm gonna guess it's like a cart with like. They're like honestly a cart on putting wheels. in like hundred dollar words. Thousand dollar words. These aren't hundred dollars. These are like little antique fucking things. No, I mean like the word itself, perdonium. Who, how many people know what a perdonium is? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, saying this as a slight humble brag, because, like, I'm a bit of a, like, an uh, English aficionado, but I find that a lot of journalists replace what you could say with pretty common words and have the same effect with unnecessarily, quote-unquote, big words, <laughs> yeah. like, to make it seem, you know, really uh, elaborate or eloquent. And I have to admit, like, because I used to, I mean, I still do, like, writing on my blog, but um, when I was young, I would do the same thing. I'd get, get a word and I'd be like, I need to make this word sound better. And then I'd go and look, go into the thesaurus and find some other weird shit. <laughs> um, but then, you know, um, I had a very good English teacher in school, um, in high school, uh, in year 10, and he actually called me out on it. He was like, I can tell you're using words that you didn't originally mean like and then you just gone looked them up to sound a bit better and he said don't do that because it actually detracts from your actual point it makes almost makes the argument weaker um and i just you know from then i just found it so much easier to just focus on like what the point i was trying to make because i think that's how you get good writing not by writing fucking perdonium and what was the other thing the to the what i don't even remember I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna give them a pass because we looked i looked it up right and the perdonium they're, they're basically talking about some antiques it's a very um, specific from, thing, from the I very guess. beginning i think from the very beginning is the antique yeah. they sold right <laughs> things we skipped over so, so yeah, yeah their true. sentence here is like um if you bash your shin on a slipper chair or a shelf form perdonium on wheels at least you will feel something at least you will feel something <laughs> and if in so... a few years the wallpaper and throw cushions come become suffocating rest assured that your interiors will change again because your insides have wow what a powerfully nonsensical statement so i think it's trying to probably make us look deep inside ourselves and be like oh yeah I am an empty nothingness because of the things I own or don't own. And potentially I could buy some things to fill the fucking void. But like, 
isn't that just like perpetuating the idea that you need to buy more stuff to feel whole, which is like the whole reason why minimalism as a lifestyle exists in the first place? Because we shouldn't be attaching like our personal values to like stuff. Yeah, which I guess does tie into their whole point where more is more, the end of minimalism, because they're making you feel fucking bad for not, like, <laughs> they're making you feel fucking bad for something, right? It, it's either, yeah, you have a, like, they, they're just basically stating everyone has this huge void in their life because they can't see anybody, and now they're filling it with things like these really expensive <laughs> antiques so that they can feel something when they stub their toes. Like, wow. <laughs> it's a bit outrageous. <laughs> this is really sensational writing. Um, my, Not in my, a good way. Yeah. My, um, my thing is, like, every now and then I'll, I'll pull out some really big word from, from my head somewhere. Like vocabulary. Um, from my vocab, right? And then the next yeah. minute I'll be like, we should action better. And it really gives people <laughs> pause. They were like, wow, Jeff, that was a real big $100 word you had. And all the way to action better? <laughs> Where's the English gone? <laughs> yeah. So that was an exciting article. The overarching idea seems to be an expressive, communicative humanity. An intentional... Oh, sorry, I really didn't read that. Connective. <laughs> Let me start again. The overarching idea seems to be an expressive, connective humanity, an intentional hot mess. Wait, hang what on. I... Wait, wait. The word intentional, though, isn't that something that you could tie into minimalism? If I, yeah. What if I was a minimalist and I was like, I am making an intentional hot mess of my fucking life right now. Fucking <laughs> exactly. let me. That's my I'm... intention. Yeah, I sat down for like a couple hours in my existential crisis and I've decided that I should be a hot mess and I will yeah, be a hot mess. Go for it. I mean, if we go back to the Kim and Kanye uh, statement, <laughs> Kim Kardashian, you could say, is a very intentional hot mess uh, for, <laughs> for just the sake of their fame, right? To hold on to some people's fame, sometimes they need to be intentional hot messes. Um, oh. Wait, wait. Let's go back. Wait, what does "hot mess" technically mean? In the, are you going to Urban Dictionary this shit? Let's go with Let's go with some examples of hot messes. No, hot you mess. actually. Oh my goodness. Something or someone that is emphatically a mess, such as something in a state of extreme disorder or disarray. I'm sorry for calling Kim Kardashian a hot mess. She is not an extreme disorder or disarray. In a state of extreme disorder. Yeah, well, actually, she's not. She's quite well composed, probably, she's quite you can say, well because composed. she's famous, right? Yes. But, like, wouldn't you argue that a lot of people going through this whole pandemic thing right now feel like their life is a hot mess? Probably. So we can all relate. We can all sympathize. We're all it's relatable. Not, and, but, you know, maybe, maybe in this case, it's not an intentional hot mess. Maybe that's not actually, wait, maybe that's not actually possible. Maybe like is it in, to, yeah I don't think you can be intentionally a hot mess by that definition like something yeah. in extreme disorder disarray like to be intentional about that would probably indicate that you have a, a, a like a mental issue that needs to be checked yeah. out yeah you wouldn't be intentional wait hang on is this article ableist now <laughs> yeah maybe Are we, I mean or is Miriam Web or is Miriam Webster wrong 
um, a self-destructive Whoa. person. Whoa. 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 This is getting deep. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. Also, such a person <laughs> who is at the same time attractive or sexy. Oh, okay. So maybe some people might agree that Kim Kardashian yeah, is yeah. indeed a hot by, mess. By some weird definition in this array of things that she could be a hot mess. Sometimes. Actually, Jeff, with that said, wait, with that said, hot mess being person who is at the same time attractive or sexy. I think that I am definitely an intentional hot mess because I am intentionally <laughs> attractive and intentionally sexy. Yeah, yeah. You could be you could be definitely intentionally disorganized, disheveled, and at the same time doing that to become attractive or sexy. To some like people the, who I, are I like attracted. The next one. A Have a look at the archaic. Especially of soft or pulpy food. <laughs> No, that's you, Jeff. You are an intentional, yeah, I'm a intentionally soft and pulpy dish. Of <laughs> um, and so, so you you get to um, like intentional <laughs> hot. <laughs> oh dear. Let me let me bring this back. Um, the. Kim, Kim actually did something pretty intentional that I think was a bit of a hot mess for, for uh, I guess, what do you call it? Marketing purposes. Mm-hmm. She she made something and called it uh, kimono, I think. Mm. Kim I already kimono. see a little bit of a problem with this, potentially. Yeah. So she made shapewear, and she called it kimono. Mm-hmm. And she got huge backlash, obviously, because she tried to trademark the word kimono. That's a bit ridiculous. But what about it? Like, that to me, like these pictures that you're looking at, um, that to me doesn't look like, like, I would assume kimono relates to, you know, the kimono traditional style of, of yeah. Japanese yeah. dress, right? Which doesn't look like it does at all. So why would she go with that? Exactly. Name at all. Kimonos are actually, like, more like robes and they are in no way related to shaping your body. Yeah, no. Um, but she's like, I'm always listening, learning, and growing. I so appreciate the passion and fairy perspectives. Like, come on. You That's obviously knew. <laughs> you knew that this would cause some outrage. You j- just don't name something so, yeah. kimono. Did she apologize for this? Because then I'd be like, okay, all right. Half and know. half. I mean, that mm. is basically. When I announced the name of my shapewear line, I did so with the best intentions. Jeez. My brands and products are built with inclusivity and diversity. This is was all a stunt, I think, so that she yeah. can say these words and apologize and become some kind of, um, yeah, and got free marketing because everybody was outraged by the name of, look, the mayor of Kyoto penned an open letter asking her to drop the trade. Oh, wow. Like, that's, that's serious. serious. Yeah. This is not I mean, even you'd the th- first Well, book. you'd think that if she had inclusivity in mind, that she would have, you know, I don't know, checked this name with, you know, a a group of people to make sure that she was, like, you know, say, coming up with something that could offend people. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I, I did note that you, you said we didn't want to share the link of the article to not give it attention. I think this well, is exactly <laughs> this is exactly what they wrote this for is to give it to get people to share it for some free um, free publicity just like Kim Kardashian and her kimono um, 
uh, yeah, Cremona stunt. Uh, and you could probably... Uh, you could argue that we are also trying to get publicity for our podcast by fucking talking about it. <laughs> yeah, we just name dropped Kim Kardashian. I couldn't shut up about it this whole podcast. Like, <laughs> 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 I, but the thing is, that's the thing, right? I can't, I can't think of another another celebrity who has done anything close to stuff like this, uh, who's who's made outrage such a weapon in terms of selling mm. their stuff. Um, but I would say that she is probably one of the greatest salesperson of all salespersons of all time. She went from a sex tape to billions of dollars. Like usually, sex tapes, you know, uh, stereotypically crush someone's uh, career. But she was rich enough and connected enough to kickstart her entire billion dollar empire off the back of quote unquote fame. She got yeah, the sex tape. You you do need to stop talking about Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I know way too much. She takes too much space in my mind. Clearly, <laughs> you got to declutter her. Yeah, I'm mentally gonna, declutter her. She does not spark joy. Um, <laughs> she is up. <laughs> Gotta throw her out. Um, Maybe replace it with like a, a pink futon or some shit or whatever this article suggests. Oh, uh, a pudernum. Yeah, I need a pudernum. <laughs> For my shoes, <laughs> slipper chat or a shell form perdonium on wheels. Yeah, <laughs> man. But yeah, I I think this article is was worth was worth looking at even even randomly. But you got it recommended to you by an algorithm. See, that's how well the algorithm knows. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of all we have time for. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody, to another episode of Toasts and Roasts. Oh, we actually did some serious Jeff. roasting. <laughs> we did do some serious roasting. Um, and you can obviously follow us on all the big ones, the Apple Podcasts and the Google Podcasts and the Spotify Podcasts. And the Big Cherry Ooh, big cherry. Don't forget to stay chilly. Oh my god, they even mentioned Cara Delevingne. What the hell is going on in this? Anyways. You need to give up on the article. <laughs> Giving up on the article. Declutter the article from your mind. Yeah. Um, take what take learnings from articles like this. Uh, lock the learning learnings away and forget where you got the learning from. That's uh, <laughs> solid advice right there. <laughs> That's why I always say random stuff like, I heard about this somewhere, and I'm pretty sure I learned this thing, but I can't tell you where I learned it from. Um, and yeah, stay chilly. Don't forget to flabbergast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Toast Rose Pod. And see you next time. Yeah, thank you, everybody. I will see you next week.